Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What is going on everybody? My name is Cutter Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news and just generally having a bit of a chit chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Mean. Sean, how is it going? Happy out, Connor. There's some busy traffic outside. I hope mm. no one can hear it. Yeah. They'll be able to pinpoint my location. This is the problem with the fact that, of course, the, the global bastard has come in and has made us be separated from the, the lovely studio where you could hear nothing. Well, yeah, where we had all of those. We had fans running constantly. We had, there, were, there was a pepper mill that just yeah. kept on grinding pepper, but you yeah. couldn't hear any of it. We'd soundproofed no. it so well. There was a siren factory out the door. But no, it was not the fireworks testing range. (laughs) But yeah, when we were there, I felt like the only thing people could hear were birds outside because there was some trees outside. That That, that was about it. Um, (laughs) But now that we are separate, we do have to deal with the fact that there's traffic. There's people moving, moving shit. Next door neighbors have decided to start renovating a whole new apartment block at the back for some reason. Why did they build an apartment (laughs) block? (laughs) They already own the land! Um, But, Sean, this is Movie Mondays, and we're not here for traffic reports. We're not on the radio anymore. We're here for movie news. And you are my expert in all things movies. You've seen at least six of them. You've seen Snowpiercer at least twice, which I think means that you're kind of a bit of a a movie snob, if you will. I'm kind of of a film buff, if you will. (laughs) I've seen Snowpiercer twice and National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, 18 times. Absolutely. That's the good ratio. That's a very good ratio. Never 10 and 10. Tarantino recommends. <laughs> but also, uh, if anyone listened to our quiz that we did at the start of lockdown, uh, when we started quizzing each other on movie things, they would know we know nothing about movies. So oh, well, fuck all. we're here to give you our thoughts. 
<laughs> listen in, <laughs> listeners. Massive shout out to our Patreons. Okay, we're moving into our first <laughs> news story of the week. And that is a certain movie that involves a certain DC character called The Flash. Now, The Flash movie has been pushed back several times. It's ran through the rigour of people just saying it's on, it's off, Ezra's in, he's out, it's all up and down. But the funniest part about the whole thing was when we learned that Ezra Miller was writing the script himself for the movie, but he only had a week to, or something to do it. Yeah, he had to do some very hasty rewrites for the film to have <laughs> any chance at being produced. The, the studio was like, we need the final script next Wednesday, and it was like, Monday. <laughs> it's like, fuck... Okay, it's like a college exam, or a college thing, it's just like, fight how's it work? I could do that one night. I definitely could. Some coffee, some monster, just bash yeah, through that. Absolutely. So, the news I'm starting off with this this week is Grant Morrison was here to, was to help Ezra Miller write that uh, movie script. And that was a pretty good combo. Grant Morrison, one of the best comic book writers of all time, and yes. Ezra Miller, a man. So the two the of them were coming together. The <laughs> man who plays the Flash. And the two of them were coming together to write the script. But Grant Morrison has come out, and they've since kind of taken that script away and are going their own separate direction. But he says his and Ezra Miller's Flashpoint script had a Back to the Future vibe. Um, he has come out and he did his own interview about the whole situation with Collider. And the vibe he was giving off was his Flashpoint movie was going to be a Back to the Future kind of style movie where you would see the Flash going back to all these different areas in in time. Oh, okay, so it's like the, the Hill Valley, that it's always that town square and it's just that at different points in time kind of a thing? Yeah. Um, and this is what he said. Yeah, I mean, Ezra Miller and I wrote that last year, but it kind of, you know what it's like? It was just one of those things. Well, I thought we had a really good version of the script, and we wrote it as fast as The Flash. Grant Morrison, you little devil. (laughs) (laughs) That's a comic book joke. (laughs) Because it was so demanding, he said. But it was pretty good. I think after a few drafts, it would have been great, which to me sounds like they wrote it quite hastily. Um, they but they the, watched Back to the Future. They did, and they were like, fuck, copy and paste. Fuck, let's have <laughs> Control that. Control-C? Control-V? <laughs> you've done it again. Um, but the way some studios work, these things just come and go. I think about 15 people have already written versions of the Flash film. That's insane. A film that yes. no one wants. That's is is too many. Would more than five be too many choices in terms of scripts? I think you're at a certain point. You're just it's every conceivable story you could tell involving the Flash. You know, like you <laughs> yeah. if you spread that net far enough, eventually something will be gold. But now you have to sift through all these nets, and they're all full of shit. <laughs> And so, The Flash is now set for 2022, June 3rd. Now, of course, with everything going on, I think a lot of things that are set for 2021, 22 will be pushed back a year to accommodate all the big, all the pushbacks from this year. Very um, possible. But, unless they want to do 75 movies in one year, just 2022, just rack them all out. I'd imagine the Oscar buzz. <laughs> just every week there's another movie. Marvel have 17 movies coming out 17 weeks consistently. <laughs> I mean, Marvel will be happy with that. 
Actually, yeah. Um, and imagine our content. Oh my god. Actually, next week is the DC fandom for next weekend, so we will have to say that next week will just be non-stop DC news, I'm assuming. That, I mean, look, at this point it's news, so I'm very happy. But it'll also be a lot of trailers. Um, there, they are, there's a lot of rumours that they're revealing trailers for the Suicide Squad, Zack Snyder's Justice League. They're just they're going trailer heavy because, of course, it's all online. So just throw everything at at the paddles. Um, but he, Grant Morrison was saying that Ezra and him worked together, that Ezra uh, came over to Grant Morrison's house and they put it together. <laughs> He knocked on the door and he was wearing like a Boy Scout uniform. He was like, Mr. Morrison, can you help me with my homework? <laughs> and he's like holding out the pages. I think I did it wrong. Do it better, Mr. Morrison. It's like he tried to draw the flash, but it's just a red scribble of crayon. Also, I kicked my ball over the fence. Could you go to the back and get it, please? Um, I'll sit in the- and then he's just on the couch and his feet are touching the ground and his legs are just waggling. Oh, and he's sipping like a carton of juice with a straw in it. <laughs> so what are we going to do with the flash? <laughs> what about this really old movie, Back to the Future? Grant Morrison was like, I've written thousands of comics, kid. Just a cigar in his mouth. Well, I would watch that movie. Like Grant Morrison's the grizzled old comics veteran who thinks no one wants a classic comic story anymore. He's and like, Ezra's this kids. young kid who comics are his only friends. Ye kids won't understand. I'll, I could write a Flash movie, but it won't be watched. And Ezra's like, I'll watch it, Mr. Morrison. We'll make like it ourselves. <laughs> um, I'll even learn how to run this time. I promise. Um... <laughs> Grant says, yeah, it was pretty good, the script. I mean, I don't know what they're doing with it, but it was pretty good. And it was a very different kind of superhero thing. It was more like Back to the Future, I would say, than a superhero movie. So that would imply that they are very much like... um, they. I think it was Flashpoint, so he was going to be in separate parts of the timeline at any yes. given moment in the movie, and it was going to be a way to reset everything. But I kind of like the idea of a flashback to the future movie as much as I don't like Ezra Miller writing it himself. Yeah, it's interesting um, because we need to nail down at some point what is a superhero movie? You know, That's because true, because I think before 2006, no, 2005 it was very much it was a cliche genre. Like, you had rom-coms, you had superhero movies. Yeah, whereas now it's it, it it it's nearly on par with saying the word like saying something's a blockbuster movie, mm. you know, like it, massive grand scale productions about. See, I want to say like super powered characters, but then you have, um, like, have you ever seen Defendor? No, it's Woody Harrelson and he plays um, a man with he's kind of mentally impaired, um, but he. Uh, become he makes himself into a quote unquote superhero vigilante, but is that a superhero movie? Yeah, somebody has superpowers in it, but you're like the Fast and Furious movies now. They, none of them can die. Yeah, they're all they're all invincible. But are they superhero movies? It, it's a weird one, but like when you look at the the Flashpoint story, I actually read it throughout uh, lockdown, and it's not like. It's 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 closer to Back to the Future than you might think because it's not that he's hopping between times willy nilly. 
he goes back and is stuck there for a good while. Yeah, and he's trying to set every, and then the things that he changes affects everything now. Yeah, so it's like how uh, Marty's dad was like this nerd, and he grew up to be this meek little sniveling man, but mm. then uh, he punched a rapist, and <laughs> now now he's a successful author. <laughs> it's the origin story of all great heroes. Is that a superhero movie? Is that a suit like he does punch a rapist? I think That's on the level of hero, thing to do. Yeah, heroism, I think, peaked at that point. <laughs> and you could have like um, Thomas Wayne being like the Doc Brown character, <laughs> but he still calls him Ezra for some reason. Oh, and he's play- actually he's played by Grant Morrison. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. <laughs> Ezra, you little shit. Come here. <laughs> but I, I, I don't mind that as a, like a pitch for a, a, you know, a superhero movie. Being like, oh, let's make it like this, this movie that for many people set the standard of time travel. Like that's an easy way to relate it to people. Well, like for example, Phil Lord and Chris Miller also wrote treatments for the project. Like they have also written scripts. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, obviously famous from the Lego Movie. Famous for um, Spider Verse, so they know a thing or two about superhero movies. Um, yes. And but they were very—I think they were very early on in the production. They were gotten rid of before Ezra Miller was told to write it himself, and then he made the great decision of bringing Grant Morrison in because I don't think there's too many comic book writers more respected than Grant Morrison. And so, if he wrote so, I think people would be like, "Well, at least it's going to be close to the character we see in comic books." Yeah, because he's got this pedigree of, like, this is how this character would act, and this is what they would do. Mm. And so, I just thought it was an interesting idea. I seen that I- interview, and I was just like, I, d- I think that would be cool. As just a Back to the Future Flash movie, just combining Flashpoint and Back to the Future. Um, and then, if Grant Morrison is showed to Ezra Miller, I'm all about that. Like, <laughs> learn how to run, dickhead, is what he would scream at him. I want Where him to shout, like... Christian Bale, like how Christian Bale shouted at that lighting dude. Uh, I want Grant Morrison to yell at Ezra Miller like that. You're walking into my light, dude. You're walking into my fucking light. Jesus. Keep the accent. Keep the accent the whole time. What is Christian Bale's accent? Because that man is Welsh, but he's not Welsh. No, he's the most American Welsh man you've ever heard. (laughs) Um, Okay, we're moving on to our next piece of news. And this is my favourite... This, it feels like we get more news every week about Tomity Cruise Ship, everyone's favourite psychopath. And this week, we've had another piece of the Tom Cruise, just the lore. The lore that surrounds Tom Cruise as an the actor. The extended now, universe. He's busy at the minute filming the space movie where he's going to space and it's going to cost over $200 million. Fair play to them. But there was one movie that he starred in the last few years that didn't do so well, and that was The Mummy. Um, his co-star, yeah. Annabelle Wallace, has come out and said, and she was giving an interview for, uh, she was promoting something else, and someone just asked her about Tom Cruise. And she had an interesting way, an interesting anecdote about oh, what he had told an her. <laughs> so a Tommy cruise ship anecdote is what I'm all about, Sean. <laughs> because the more, the more I know about this man, the less I know. 
You know what I mean? The more of an enigma he becomes. Yeah. Um, well, Tom Cruise, apparently, reportedly, from the woman herself, told his mommy co-star no one is allowed to run with him on screen. What? <laughs> no one's allowed to run with him? Yeah, what's the one thing Tom Cruise is most famous for other than trying to kill himself? Running. Running in all movies, and there's apparently some um, someone did a projection of like how much money each movie has made, and the longer he runs in the movie, the more money it makes. (laughs) Scientifically, (laughs) that's insane. What is what is the benefit to not having anyone else run with him though? Because surely he's still running. Yeah, but he's the fastest. What if somebody else ran beside him and was also faster than this? I mean, what if? Okay. But hypothetically, uh-huh. if Tom Cruise hires a 27-year-old and they are able to run faster than his 57-year-old body, that Impossible, could ruin... first of all. <laughs> He's powered by lizards, but that could ruin his image as Hollywood's toughest man. Is that his image currently? <laughs> I think so. Like, I... What? It's so... Did he say this... To her directly, like they were gearing up for a scene where they're running, and and he was just like, "Oh no, no, you're not yes. in this." Yes, that's what happened. Yes, that's- <laughs> so she was, um, uh, uh, she was on set, or she was doing this interview, and they asked her, and she said her exact quote is, "He's on a different level," and you know, I ticked the box. I got to run on screen with him, but he told me no at first. He said, in quotes, nobody runs on screen with me. (laughs) This is just something he's decided. He's just... Imagine having that much power. Like, if we all see a big monster and we're running away, only I may run. (laughs) Only I may dance. Would it be weirder if everyone... If he ran and everyone else stayed still in the scene? Because then it would look like he's just terrified and everyone else is cool with it. Oh, yeah. And then her response was, but I'm a really good runner. <laughs> That's and what he was she like, said oh. she said to him. Oh, jeez, I didn't know other people could run well. Well, she okay. she said to him, oh, I have this rare thing where if I run, I might die. And I'm more like, Farah, I'm she said. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> actually more Farah. <laughs> Pulled off a Scooby-Doo style mask. It's more fire underneath. So she says, uh, this is still in the court. So I would time my treadmill so that he'd walk in and see me run. And then he added all these running scenes. So that was it. It was like better than an Oscar. I was so happy. So he came in and he seen her running on a treadmill and he wouldn't add the scenes of them running together until he seen that she could run. Like she had the ability to run. But everyone can run. I think so. I think that's a pretty much a universal fact that if you if you're you can run for maybe ten seconds, but you can still run. Yeah, like like Ezra Miller can't run. We know. No, this. He, oh no, he he's the scientific. He's he's the outlier to the human race. But everybody else. Yeah, but uh, I wouldn't. I would, to spite him, I would make him say, "Okay, I put in all these running scenes," and then I would say, like, "Oh, I don't run." Uh, and I twisted my ankle. I, I, I jumped across a building and shattered my ankle. <laughs> Broke both my legs. I jumped across a bigger gap than you did, Tom. Just the biggest gap you can imagine. Imagine a big I, gap. Double I jumped it. from a helicopter, Tom, and then I landed on the building and I broke both legs, but I kept going in the scene. 
That's how I, cool I am, Tom. And I jumped and I ran and I ran into a saw trap. And Not then to bring I back up from that. Back to the Future, but is Tom Cruise Marty McFly? Like, if you called him chicken enough, would he do so? I think he might, you know. <laughs> yeah. Just goad him into whatever you want him to do as an actor. But, uh, you see, I just... Uh, you, you know when you come across a headline, you're like, that is very Tom Cruise. That he won't let other people run beside him because he's the only one who can run in a scene. It's... It, 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 yeah, like, we've just come to be... Like you say, it adds to the Tom Cruise lore, because now it's just, oh, of course, of course that's how he acts. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't expect anything else from him. Uh, also, there was news that Mission Impossible 7 has been delayed again after another stunt went wrong when a motorbike, a motorbike caught fire during one of the stunts. What the fuck, lads? Yeah. Who's in charge of that set? Yeah, I just... I don't know. There's, apparently the bike was meant to, like... There was a big jump, and the bike was meant to land, and when it landed, it exploded. And I just caught... It set fire to itself. It just didn't explode. Just... It just didn't explode. And the best... The only line that I have here from the article is... Cruz had checked out the stud setup the day before, and is said to be very annoyed about what happened. So, it says no one was injured, but that's for the time being, until a fucking Cruz turns up to set, I'd say. I I, I think there's going to be a few skulls cracked. He's like, I signed off on this. (laughs) Why is he allowed to inspect it after? He's the one who's inspecting it. How does that make any sense at all? Surely you just get a stud coordinator Get the boys from John Wicked. Just have a look at it. Get the demolitions expert <laughs> to take a look. Not Tom Cruise saying, oh, I'll, I'll see what I can do here. On his lunch break, he just rambles over. He just, just decides, I can look. help. Yeah, I, d- I think the ramp needs to be bigger. Tom, you're, you're going into space. It needs to be bigger. Needs to be needs bigger. To be fucking bigger. More I, I've I cut stutter? the brakes. I've cut all the brakes. <laughs> more danger. I need more danger. Um, you, you ain't out of control, you ain't in control. <laughs> Uh, okay, we're gonna move on. I just Tom and the cruise ship. I hope next week we have more ad- additions to the lore of the man himself. Oh, I have a funny feeling we will. Do you think? Right, I know this is terrible to say, but like you know, in thirty years, when yeah. the poor man passes away of yeah. some of of old age, I can only assume when he's one hundred and seventy, maybe actually in a hundred years, um, <laughs> he's going to outlive us all. But do you think people will have stories? Oh, I think so. Okay, just, we'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I think there'll be stories about Tom Cruise until the day we all die. I think people are too afraid to do anything now. But like you know, you know how you hear all the stories about Howard Hughes in his last years. Yes, I think yes. we're going to get that level of shit coming out. Oh no! Uh, okay, we're moving on to Birds of Prey's Journey Smollett. Now she was Black Canary in Birds yes. of Prey. What did you What did you think of her as Black Canary in the Birds of Prey movie? Solid performance. I don't know that she got uh, the most to do that she possibly could. Mm. If that um, makes sense, but her performance well, she- was good. Well, speaking of more to do, though, because Birds of Prey's Journey Smollett wants to return for a Black Canary TV show. Oh, interesting. Mm. Now, that's tough. Do you tough think, because do you think is... that would work? I don't know, honestly. Like, it would be interesting in the sense of, like, oh, here's something, here's a TV show from the movie universe. 
Um, because we already have a Black Canary, we have two Black Canaries at one point in the Arrowverse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I don't know that there's a market for it, necessarily. Um, but I think I think the idea of here, you know, here here's this character from a movie and here's just what they get up to. Which is kind of what Marvel, uh, the Marvel Disney Plus stuff is going to be, by and large. And if they were on, they could be on HBO Max or something. Like, with Zack Snyder going there for his Justice League thing, you could technically start building out a, uh, a connecting universe to that. Because I think the Arrow universe is kind of its own thing. I don't know if you could throw her in there, because there is already two Black Canaries, as you've said. Um, and I just think that universe is kind of... Maybe five years ago, you, I would have said, oh, throw her in there. But now yeah. I think you're going to have to build off and make your own thing. Yeah, I think this would work well, as you say, on like a HBO Max or something that there's a subscription already paid and it just happens mm. to be another show on there because I don't know that it has the draw to deal with like a network audience or anything like that. And do you think there'd be interest in a Black Canary movie if, if it was its own thing? I don't know is the thing, you know, because... Mm. And it, and it's nothing to do with the actress or the character even. I just... I don't know if... Um, how do I put this? I, I I have... Personally, I have no interest in seeing it. it like, okay. Because is, 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 is we, um, we did a Hero Zero on Black Canary. And she is one of the best characters of DC. Like, she's an incredible character. Um, yeah. Per- personally, for me, I always find she works better when she's in a team of some kind. Whether whether that be uh, the Birds of Prey or like if she's in some sort of duo or combo, like Birds of Prey, or when she's with Ollie Oliver with um, the Green Arrow. Like I just think that she's a great character. And she's very much a leader, but she needs other people to bounce off. For some reason, like the idea of her being Leonardo and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles keeps coming into my head. Right, like, like she's just like the leader, but like it works better if she has other people around her who are less like her, as just to bounce off of. Yeah, like she, she's she needs she can be the straight the straight man for want of a better word, you know, mm. and you, but you need a bit of chaos around that then. I'm. I don't think they would do a full Birds of Prey show on HBO Max because I think they want to keep that for Harley Quinn and to drive her story. So they're going to be do probably doing maybe. Although maybe if they want to branch out into their own Birds of Prey, because I don't. I don't know if they do a full movie without Margot Robbie involved in a bird like a Birds of Prey two, but it's just about the Birds of Prey. Yeah, I think that'll be a tough, a very tough sell now. Which I don't, uh, I think everyone who's playing their roles in that team is really well cast, and they're all, they all look, they all look perfect for the part. It's just an idea of is there interest in it? Yeah, well, like if if you look at even how they retitled it a week after its release, they change it from Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn to Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. the the selling point wasn't the Birds of Prey; they decided. And it, it's not their fault that Margot Robbie is one of the world's biggest actors, and also she had a whole Suicide Squad movie to build up her character before the movie even came out. Like she had oh, that yeah. built-in audience. That's that's not on them. But no, 
Um, I just, I, I, and maybe it's that I've seen a lot of superhero TV shows. That <laughs> yeah, are I think just, we're oh, just yeah. not good. So I, 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 I don't want to be burned again. Are we? Are we just drained on TV shows? I think superheroes in general, like. The TV twenty fourteen was like peak superhero and TV show constantly. Like you'd go watch a Marvel movie, then come back and watch Arrow. Yeah, and that was it. Was good while it was good, but then eventually it just it became awful. Like there, you yeah. couldn't look anywhere without seeing superhero content. <laughs> and, and this is why we do this show. Well, and I still love the superhero stuff. I still think it's great, but. I, I've kind of I'm I'm happy with the level we have now. Um, I've got against it all. I think they're all nerds. Only nerds Aww. like this kind of stuff now. So I've kind of said no. I'm now cool. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode <laughs> of Movie Month. Lock- Lockdown has really made me change my tune. Lockdown has soured you. If anything, I thought you'd be it's looking not- for more content. <laughs> I d- true. Um, well, I do want more content, but of a specific kind, Sean. That is remakes. You know oh. I love them. And you know they're coming. You do well, love we them and they are coming. Three Men and a Baby remake is happening at Disney Plus what? with Zac Efron to star in the lead role. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Who gives a shit? <laughs> it's, it's just, it's genuinely nothing. It's, 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 what? it's, what? it's, it's funny. It's really funny. There's three men and a baby. Uh, how, three what, men what can't look after too. babies. Jesus. There's a a whole... Like, why remake it is the thing. (laughs) Make a new story. You love remakes. I know that about you. Name one remake that I like. Oh, uh, oh, boys. Um, This Three Men and a Baby remake. Uh, Aladdin? Lion King. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen Um, either version. Oh, fuck. Uh, I'm running out of remakes here. Actually, everything's a remake. Um, oh fuck you're right 21 Jump Street is a remake of a TV show and that's a good movie you prick (laughs) that's good (laughs) yes (laughs) oh he got me I knew I'd get you Um, 3 men and a baby Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg Ted Danson it's a classic it's a classic people are non-stop talking to me I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter a lot and people are non-stop tweeting, when are we going to get a remake of this classic? People want to see more. And thankfully, they've listened. The studios have listened. And they've decided that Zac Efron has come onto the project. He will be, I'm assuming, the Tom Selleck role. But that means you have two more guys to come in. Because guys can't look after babies. It's so fucking funny. Let's Who's go. The- who is like the modern day Steve Gutenberg? <laughs> Nobody's ever said that sentence. Is There's that a new no sentence? person on the planet. Not even Steve Gutenberg has said. Who do you think is the modern me? It's a bit like he's still alive. Is the thing? I yes, true. They're all still alive. And I think Tom Selleck looks great. You ever see him in Blue Bloods? Is, is that the show? He's looking yeah. well. Oh, actually, you know who uh, who could play Steve Gutenberg? Oh, here we go. Agent Coulson. Oh, oh, and what's now, Agent Coulson's name? 
What? Uh, no, he's, he, he's too old. You can't have Zac Efron as one of them and then Agent Coulson. How, let me see how old uh, Phil Coulson is. Clark Gregg is his name. Clark Gregg age is the top suggested. Okay, Clark Gregg is 58. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he might be a bit out of Zac Efron's age range? I think he could be... He could have been in the original. <laughs> he could, and he actually might have been a bit old for the original. Probably could have been, actually. <laughs> the... Um, Okay, that, that that throws that out. My entire basis for that, by the way, was that they look kind of similar, but they are okay. men of a similar age. Um, I think that's just the the only comparison, yes. Uh, but, so you have, and how do you replace Ted Danson? Oh, um, I don't really know. And he's killing it at the minute. He's been, we're in like the Ted Danson renaissance. The, the, the Ted Danson. He, I'm sure he'll come back. Surely Selleck and Gutenberg and Danson are all coming back with this. Oh, even just for, like, uh, they pop up. And it's like, <laughs> no, oh, hey. Zach Efron and his two friends are looking after this baby. And then it cuts to the three of them, or they, like, in a park. And the three of them walk past with their grown-ass child. And the child is just a delinquent. <laughs> the three of them are like, fucking dickhead child. <laughs> He's just, like, listening to Arctic <laughs> Monkeys and smoking. <laughs> he just didn't listen to us. The whole time. Three men can raise a baby. <laughs> they look directly at the camera. <laughs> well, I guess we need women. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> um, who do you get to star alongside Zac Efron? Because, I mean, you have Zac, you've got those baby blues. You need two other people. Oscar Isaac. Oh. Oh, fuck. Oscar Isaac. No, I think... I think Oscar Isaac, he'd look at that. You can't have two of them. You can't have two handsome people in the one thing. I Are think you the other two have to be medium. Me- oh, just regular looking men. Like regular men. Because I think otherwise Zac Efron and Oscar Isaac are going to be competing against each other. That's, yeah. yeah. Bill Skarsgård? Can we get Bill Skarsgård in? <laughs> Bill Skarsgård? You could. Oh. Um, oh. Jake hard, Johnson right? from New Girl? Jake Maybe Johnson from be... New Girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, Ted Danson. Ted, no, we can't say we can't do Ted Danson. That's Seth Rogen. Oh. <laughs> well, then, then you're bordering on just like a Seth Joe Rogen. Joe <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd. We get, get the Michael gang Sarah. back together. My, What's Paul James R- Franco up to? What is James Franco up to? Is he's, he's last thing I saw he was in the disaster artist. What's uh, the other Franco? Dave. Dave, get David. Although no, yeah. Dave and Zach are too similar. They're like they could be clones of each other. Yeah, they could be clones of each other. Fuck's sake! This is hard. This movie's a terrible idea, and I don't this like. This will never get made. But no, it's Zach Efron's in it though, and I think it will. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I think. It is it is a Disney Plus like original thing. This isn't going to cinemas, is it? Uh, no, I think it's a Disney Plus. Although maybe it will. I don't know. I, look, I I think I I I don't want this. I don't think anyone needs this. But I, I you know, Disney have decided they're making it, so it's going to get made. <laughs> 
<laughs> sometimes you read a headline and I know it's going to annoy you. But do you know <laughs> I what I can't it. what I can't wait for is when like the trailer for this comes out and some yeah. fucking hero on YouTube is gonna recut it with like bits from the Ted Bundy thing that he played and make oh, it really sinister. Yeah, it'll just be quite sh- shots of the child and then shots of him as Ted Bundy staring at the child. It's gonna be great. It's going to be great. I'll make that if no one else does. <laughs> um, okay, we're gonna move on to another three words I think you will like. I said I'd follow those these two stories up because you're already pissed off. Yeah. And I think this is the one to really pick you up. Disney live action remake four words uh, there's a hyphen somewhere in there I don't know between what Diz and (laughs) Nee Diz and Nee Disney's live action remake of Pinocchio has (gasps) made its first casting who okay I've said I'm on board for the live action Pinocchio why I don't know it's the only one I'll allow for some reason Mm. well (laughs) Um, so it will be directed by Robert Zemeckis and I will say that they have made one cast one casting choice and I think they've done well because the first cast is of Geppetto okay. in the Pinocchio movie now who is Geppetto Sean? Geppetto is uh, Pinocchio's father mm. and well creator he's the god of Pinocchio's universe really um, <laughs> he's but, the overall like dominator. He has dominion over the puppet. He controls him. He gave him life. Yeah, yes, now, absolutely. Uh, Geppetto was lonely, and you know, instead of going out and making friends, he decided to commit an act of heresy, and <laughs> lit- he put a soul into a wooden puppet, which is an awful existence when you think about it, really. And he's just condemned. His quote unquote son to live in a puppet body forever. Because the thing is, Wood doesn't have nerves. It can't feel anything. Is Pinocchio immortal? Unless, like, he gets burned to death, like. But if he just. If nobody touches Pinocchio, can he die? I don't know, because the Wood would rot, surely. Like, he'd have to take very good care of himself. Well, you could get replacement Wood, though. I don't know if the soul is technically part of every bit of Wood. Well, that's the thing, but how many, after how many bits of wood you swap out, does it stop being Pinocchio? <laughs> well, we've kind of taken that in a sinister way, but yeah. the casting of Geppetto is Mr. Also, Tom Hanks. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. Oh, now I feel really bad for making it sinister. Yeah, you just uh, call Geppetto a murderer, yes. Well, what's also fucked up is they live in a wooden house. Yeah, he's looking at like other parts of him. It's like Just organs and shit. Yeah. yeah. Now, Tom yeah. Hanks, lovely choice for this. T- Tom Hanks, world's nicest man, has been cast as Geppetto. I can imagine him with the glasses and the grey hair already. Oh, yeah, and just, like, chiselling away at stuff, being very slow and careful, being lonely. Mm. He can do that fairly well. He was in Castaway. <laughs> yes. And then the question becomes... Um, would you do a live-action Pinocchio, or would you CGI Pinocchio? The question I've been waiting to be asked for years. Yeah, Here's what you yeah. do. You, you you know how in The Lord of the Rings they made two of every set? Yeah. I want to do that, 
but the other set is entirely green screen and you have a, a literal marionette operated by people wearing green screen suits and <laughs> you just CGI that onto everything and everything matches up perfect and there's no CGI at all. It's a practical Pinocchio movie. <laughs> right. So you're just basically costing them millions to make it harder. How fucking expensive is a marionette? I mean, yeah, but you had to get these people in to do it all day and the green screen. Sure. Tin of green paint and... Yeah, tin of green I, paint. I'm sure someone would do it for... Show the time movies there for ten minutes. Yeah. Sure it'll make itself. Trailermaker.com. There you go. <laughs> Tom <laughs> Hanks, just ta- talk to that big b- b- bottle of red paint. No, green paint. Oh, you bought red paint. We're broke. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine one of them came back with red paint. Oh, fuck. You were honestly not going to believe this. Oh. Oh, Sometimes I think I'm made of wood, you know? Knocks on his (laughs) skull. Forgive me, head if it wasn't attached to me. Fuck it. What do we cost ourselves? Half a million dollars. Oh, fuck. Oh, it's very good paint. (laughs) Oh, jeez. It was good stuff. I'll paint the house red. I'll have to. It's very strong. It's a very strong piece of red. Paid in advance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Tom Hanks has been cast in the live-action Pinocchio uh, remake. I think this is very good casting because Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. And everyone listening to this knows that if you have Tom Hanks, the movie's going to be instantly better. Yeah, and I think it's it's um, it's a good get for a Disney remake as well. Because I feel like Tom Hanks has like like proper actor credibility, you know? Where, so what not, has he ever won? Nothing. Nothing. Feck all that. He was, he was in the Polar Express, which is weird. Oh, okay. it looks like the Polar Express. What if they Polar <laughs> Express him again? And Why don't they Polar Express everything? Because it looks awful and terrifying. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, it would be a bold strategy. Let's see if it pays off. Like, <laughs> What if they, they Polar Express everyone? Except Pinocchio is still the practical puppet that I described. <laughs> like, there's no benefit to it at all, but that's how they do and it, it. And there's just bottles of red paint and random scenes, because they couldn't <laughs> take them out. Yeah, it's just like, and it stands out like a sore thumb on the green screen. <laughs> that's fucking weird. Yeah, that, uh, no, g- genuinely, I like that casting. This'll be the one I watch. Like, definitely. I will not watch this movie. What? Why not? What's your problem? I cannot agree with live-action remakes of animated movies. Disney just needs to make a new movie. There's a very good Pinocchio live-action that's already been made. Is there? Yeah, it's terrifying. Oh, right. (laughs) I was scared of the Blue Fairy as a kid, because I thought she could just pop up anywhere and freak me out. Oh, Oh, yeah, that's true. To be fair, that, that would cause a lot of your childhood trauma. Yeah, it would. Thanks. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, we're moving on to our next piece of news. And this is a possible spoiler, Sean, for Spider-Man 3. Now, you love Spider-Man. I know Man, that about you. And the last two Spider-Mans have been called um, something involving home. For the la- homecoming, and then there was Far From Home. Yes. And so we've been kind of waiting, what is the new title for the new film? It's coming out uh, scheduled for 2021, but I mean, as we've said, everything could be pushed back again. But it is now said that it could be called... Now, this is this is a spoiler for a title of a movie. I don't know if this classifies as, like, skip it, if you don't want to know. Okay. 
I'll be gone then. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it could be called Spider-Man Homesick, is what it could be called. Okay, Homesick. Yes. So he's on a boat. Oh, no, that's seasick, on, fuck. He, no, that's seasick. Homesick could be, I mean, he's he was at home, and then he was far from home. Now, where is he going that he's getting sick? Away from home? Into hiding? Into hiding, because everyone knows he's Spider-Man. Everyone knows Peter Parker is oh, Spider-Man. Oh, he hates being in New York, because everybody knows who he is. He's, he's sick of it. Yeah, mm. that'll work. The yeah. um, the, Like, this is... I think that's a fine title. Um, it was about this time before... like. Sorry, I, I'm trying to phrase it. It's a very confusing sentence I have in my head, but... Um, Who's the modern day Steve Gutenberg? Is what you're about to say. I, I'm still on it. It might be Tom Holland. It. <laughs> it might be. They uh, no, but like in the in the months leading up to Far From Home's release, it was about the same length of time as we have now that we found out that that was called Far From Home. So I totally believe that this would be the title. Um, it's it's up on Esquire and Maxim. They've pretty, both used that Phillips title. Pretty reputable sources, then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I like, but we've had a whole bunch of rumors about this. We've heard Craven the Hunter might be in it. Mm. Um, and but I I think it will be Peter Parker on the run, and maybe people hunting him. Hmm? See, oh, that's actually even better. If if he was like on the move and he's trying to get back home but he's not allowed because they're constantly he's constantly moving to try and get away from if it is Craven the Hunter or some sort of other villain who now knows his identity he him and Aunt May are on the road across America that would be quite cool and then you could do like um I see there's a storyline in the comics called Brand New Day and right uh, it, le- it it follows on from Civil War um, when Peter Parker revealed himself as Spider-Man um, but they make a deal with the devil to get his identity back but he wants him and Mary Jane's relationship and I don't think they'll do that but I think there could be <laughs> some like MacGuffin um, that'll you know help help Peter get his old life back because there has to be a re- scenario where are they just going to go about it now in the Marvel Universe that everyone knows who he is? See, it's an odd one, because the Marvel, like, the movie universe, everyone knows who everyone is, really. I suppose, yeah. Like, superheroes are, like, celebrities. And in the sense that, like, there's not very many secret identities. But I think, I suppose the idea would be that Spider-Man is just, like, he's in school, he's a kid, as, as weird as that is with the timelines and everything, and, like, it's five years later, but they're still in school, um, but I just think it, it, it adds a lot more to his character if he is um, being chased by other people, rather than, say, like, Iron Man, everyone knew who Iron Man was, like, he put that out there, but nobody ever came near him, whereas if they know Peter Parker's identity, that will lead to several more story beats in the script. Yeah, and, like, we've seen at the end of Far From Home, like, people want Spider-Man dead. Like, Scorpion wants him dead. Vulture will kill him if he gets the chance. Yeah. So, like, it... There, we we've seen already. No, there are stakes for for Peter Parker in this. 
I think I think the idea of him going around America and he's constantly homesick, like he's like I just want to go back to my old life, and he can't get back there because of the whole fact that like his life is now upturned because of a video that was completely altered. Yeah, I think you could do that, and you open that movie with like six months later, and he's just like he's. Even if he's not with Aunt May, he just like he picks up his bag and he walks to the bus and he gets on it and he goes somewhere else and he just keeps moving. And that's a good way or to have him bump into like shit tons of other characters. Or it could be a scenario where the movie starts literally minutes after that bit and he he just runs home and he just starts packing. He's like, Aunt May, quick, put everything into a bag. We gotta get out of here. What if? Because the minute... Go on. What if he ends up in San Francisco and meets Eddie Brock? Holy shit! Why did I not think of that? And then he offers to clear his name. Yes, and then he eats his face. Then he eats his face and can, you know, him concurrently. <laughs> I think Tom Hardy and Tom Holland could have really good chemistry. I mean, they're both incredible actors. I'm sure they have great chemistry with lots of people. Yeah. But they could, they could work really well. Could this be the one that they introduce Venom into it? I think it'd be really interesting and... I don't think it's off the cards, you know, because we've seen um, Michael Keaton in the trailer for Morbius, which is a Sony property. Mm. So there's no reason to say... Now, I, I would love if they kept it secret. Um, and like he, we he wasn't in it. Yeah, kind of like the J.K. Simmons reveal, but on a bigger scale, I guess. But I think it's hard to do a trailer if, if Venom is the villain in the last uh, third of the movie... It's very hard to do with a trailer where he's not in it. But is Ven- Venom's an anti-hero now. And so is Morbius, kind of. So who are they all fighting if not each other? Yeah, and they, like they've been anti-heroes in comics before in that they're both kind of victims of circumstance. But they're like at, at their worst, they're villains. And at their best, they're anti-heroes. Mm. So, but I think like even if, if the trailer was... I, a, you know, a series of shots of Tom Holland, Spider-Man... Just going somewhere saying he needs to get help. And then uh, cut to open a, w- open a door. There's a shadowy figure standing there. And Tom Allen said, I heard you could help me. And then turns around, it's Tom Hardy. And then the Venom voice speaks and says, we can help you. Holy shit. And then you get Black Suit <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh shit, and it always works better when you bring Venom in the third one. It's been shown that it works perfectly. Historically, it always absolutely nails the landing whenever Big Eddie Brock turns up in the third one. Topher Grace, specifically. (laughs) Topher Grace, and dancing. I'd like to see Tom... Tom Holland's a really good dancer. I think he could pull that scene off. Oh yeah, I think if you put Tom Holland in that universe, there's no change at all. (laughs) No, I mean, I just, I, I like that idea. I think Venom being introduced in this, and I think Sony want to get to Venom and Spider-Man same universe as fast as possible. Yes, um, I think so. And him being out of New York is the only way you could do that. Because Eddie Brock is in San Francisco. I don't think he would have any reason, unless, unless Eddie Brock gets sent to New York to cover the revealing of Spider-Man as a reporter. Like, that could be how they do it, either. You just need a way to get these two people into the same city at the same time. 
Yeah, I, and I think having him be, being a reporter really helps because he can just be sent somewhere, you know. Mm, yeah. Um, okay, we're finishing off Movie Mondays this week with the Disney Plus rumour. Now, last week we started with the news that Mulan will be going to Disney Plus for twenty nine ninety nine extra. You will get to watch Mulan on Disney Plus. But they also said at the time that that was going to be a one-off thing. They're going to be just doing that for Mulan. They're going to get in and get out. But now it is heavily rumoured that Disney Plus will be... Uh, Disney Plus is rumoured to exclusively, exclusively release more big movies via Premier Access. Which means this could become a more common thing that they reveal or they release massive films for twenty nine ninety nine on Disney Plus. It is not said if it's going to be a one-off $29.99 or if it will be $30 every single time you want to watch a new movie, which I would assume that is probably the way. Because I think it's going to be $30 a pop, yeah. $30 a pop, which could change the whole cinema landscape as we know it, if this catches on. Yeah, see, the thing is, is that for, um, for that to work... You need to have those films stream in, like, you know, 4K quality in a lot of cases. Uh, because And if you impose any restrictions, like if you put a watermark on it to stop piracy, that's not going to, that's going to, like, affect people's viewing experiences and people won't pay 30 quid for that. But the, yeah. uh, the other side of that coin is that once there's a high quality version of it, it's just going to get shared. Like, yeah, if if you put anything on an in, on the internet, it will be shared. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, so either you make it super accessible and affordable, or you don't do it. Because do people... you think this? Sorry, do you think ahead. it was? It's a reasonable business model to think thirty dollars is like people will pay that every single time they want to watch a movie because. Cinemas now, before the Global Bastard, they were they would give you, say, a cinema card, and you pay $20 a month, and you get access to loads of movies. And you could go back and forth as many times you want to that particular cinema. Yeah. But $30 per movie, is it's very steep. And I think there will not be the audience that they think there is for this. Mulan as a one-off, maybe. Uh, but I don't think... People will be like, oh, I'll buy Mulan this one, and then I'll watch Tenet next one for another $30. Uh, it was, yeah. Well, see, I think even, like, once a month, families and stuff could justify it, I imagine. Mm. But, like, it's... I think there's such a psychological thing about $30 as well. And I know they've done the maths, and it makes sense, given their subscribers and things like that. But if that was even 20, I don't think we'd be hearing half as much about this story. Do you think? Because I, I think $20 is fairly common. If you go to the cinema, you spend, whatever, 10 on a ticket, 10 on popcorn. That's how I normally break it up in my head. Yeah, and that, and that's for, like, one person going, you know? Yeah. But well, people, people don't think like that when they see the price listed on their TV. Because we're used to, oh, I can get... Like, any time you buy a film on your TV... If you even do that anymore, it's like max fourteen quid. Mm. You know, but I feel like pe- people will think that they're not getting the same level. Like if you go to the cinema, you get if you want to pay the ten dollars for the extra big bucket of popcorn, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. 
and it just costs you $10 to get in to watch everything. Yeah. Like, and if you're at home, you don't have that option to go to the fucking, I'll have 10 bags of sweets, please, and a big glug of fucking Fanta. You just have, oh, I bought a bottle of Fanta in the shop, and now I'm paying $30 to watch the movie. Yeah, and where does it stop? Like, at what point do you have to pay more for the original content? Or their back catalogue, or anything like that. And also, it, it stops being like, oh, we'll get Disney Plus, we'll throw on some random film and get a takeaway. That turns mm. into, oh, we've paid 30 quid for this film, so we're just going to have it with toast. Because yeah, yeah. If, if you buy the film and then you buy takeaway, like you're getting close to $70. Maybe, how, however many takeaways you get at once. Yeah, and there's nothing saying you have to, but I'm just saying that's a way that people would approach it, and you need to consider that, that people aren't spending their money solely on this film. They're spending it on every like the experience around it. Um, did you see AMC are doing the opposite? Because it's their 100th anniversary of them opening, um, and so right. they are attempting to open 100 theaters in America with 15-cent movies. On August 20th. Jesus. So Is that the original price or something? That was the original price of a cinema ticket, yeah. Wow. So you could go see a film for 15 cents. Now, you will have to go to the cinema <laughs> at, at this current time, but they are 15 cents per ticket. Wow. That, like, that is, that's, that's a marketing strategy right there. Mm. And do you think, like, with Black Widow, will this be released on Disney Plus? I think if this goes on any longer, and it's going to get... Like, heaven, for, heaven forbid or whatever, but it is winter coming up. Yeah. People people have the sniffles. So, I mean, it might be pushed back again. I think we could have a scenario where Black Widow will be released on Disney Plus and they I, will have to make it charge you for $30. Yeah, and look, I'll pay it is the thing, and I hate myself for it, but I will. Um, mm. The I, I think they'll do it with Milan and then... Let's see how it goes. See how it goes. I think if that goes well, we might get New Mutants. And then if that goes well, we might get Black Widow. Did you see New Mutants, though, on their poster? They have not budged their release date, by the way. That is still the 28th of this month. Um, That's but they, on, their, on their poster, they have said, Experience IMAX for the first time in months. Come see the New Mutants movie. So they're like selling it as like, this is your first big cinema experience, guys. Treat yourself, lads. Treat yourself to new mutants. <laughs> as opposed to, if there was other movies out, it would be the same as the rest of them. But you haven't seen anything since so, February. So you'll take what you're given. <laughs> um, see, I just, I read that and I was like, I think this could be the start. Like, this whole global thing could be the start of a of a brand new cinema um, experience going on. Like, and I, I don't think it'll be better. But I think people are taking advantage of the fact that cinemas aren't open now. So there's a there's an opening in the market. I think so, and I think I think that, like the movie industry is going to have to adapt to what the music industry had to adapt to ten years ago. That, yeah, with Spotify and everything. Exactly. Yeah, like it's just either adapt or die, really. And Blockbuster still did they are adapted. They're just about to adapt fully. <laughs> <laughs> just they're right on the edge of it there but they're, <laughs> they're just nearly there another few days I think and they'll really get it locked down um, don't say lockdown that is, oh no actually <laughs> um, that is it for another week of movie Mondays guys uh, Sean 
I mean, do you want to take us out? I will. Thank you for the news this week, Connor. I really appreciate mm. it. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Friday with Hero or Zero, and next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. Big thank you goes out to all of our patrons who support us over on Patreon. Those wonderful people are Alexander Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, and Ryan Evanson. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. Really does make a difference and helps keep the podcast going and helps keep Connor's spirits up. My spirits are very high at the minute. I love life. It's like a ghost smoking weed. (laughs) Spirits are high. (laughs) (laughs) My God, that's your best joke and you wait until now to pull it out. Fuck's sake. I just saved the best for nearly last. Absolutely. Uh, So if you do want to support the show, patreon.com slash Heroes for Hire podcast, or there's a link in the description to that. You can also follow us on Twitter at Heroes for Hire pod, the four is the number four. Facebook Heroes for Hire podcast, Instagram Heroes for Hire podcast, or you can email us, Heroes for Hire underscore at outlook.com. But I think that's about it, Connor. I think that is. So I've been Connor Lawler. I've been Sean Mead. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. 